0: This is Positive Parenting, parenting expertise and advice from best-selling parenting author and national newspaper columnist, Mr. Dad, Armin Brat. Hey there, welcome to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Brat. Genevieve Shaw Brown, an ABC News reporter and mother of three, would rise before the sun came up to prepare organic meals for her children while she skipped breakfast and scarfed down greasy macaroni and cheese in between meetings at work. She felt sluggish and exhausted until she decided to put herself on the baby diet and started eating the same foods her kids ate, just in adult-sized portions. The results were transformative. Genevieve felt better, lost weight, and prepared a segment on her new diet for Good Morning America that went viral. But diet wasn't the only area of Genevieve's life where her children's need came before her own, often with disastrous results. She started to wonder, what if the same principles that had helped her to revamp her diet could also be applied to exercise, sleep, relationships, and more? What would happen if a mom were to treat herself the way she instinctively treats her children? With that, Genevieve's year-long experiment into self-respectful parenting began. In this part of today's show, we're going to be talking with Genevieve Shaw-Brown. She's going to tell us her stories, her, her own experiences. She's got expert advice and innovative hacks that can address the common issues that mothers face while also teaching women how to treat themselves with the same care and love they provide their children and their families every day without a second thought. Stay with us. More with Mr. Dad, Armin Brought after this. From the Mr.Tad.com radio network.
1: Ever notice when you have a baby, everyone seems to give you advice? From your mother-in-law. Don't you know you can't take that baby out in the rain today? And where is her hat? To your own parents. You should
0: take the baby outside every day,
1: even in the rain. To your friends. You have got to get this diaper cream. It is so much better than the one you've been using. When it comes to the important stuff, like immunizations and protecting my baby's health, I trust my baby's doctor. She really listens to my questions about shots, she gives me great information, and she works with me to make sure my baby gets protected. And that's something even my mother-in-law can agree with. Honey, I totally support you getting the baby vaccinated. But really, shouldn't you
0: put the baby's hat back on? A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Welcome back to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Brant. My guest for this part of today's show is Genevieve Shaw-Brown, who is the author of The Happiest Mommy You Know, Why Putting Your Kids First is the Last Thing You Should Do. Uh, Genevieve, thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So let's talk a little bit about your, I guess, accidental discovery of you know, that all the the selfless things you were doing for your kids really were something that you probably ought to be doing for yourself. Which, when you think about it, it thinks you know, it makes perfectly good sense. Uh, I but, mean,
2: I think it makes perfectly good sense, but I think it doesn't occur to a lot of people. No, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't. Yeah. Right. I mean, people, parents are so used to, of course, they want to put their kids first. They want to give them everything. They want to, you know, feed them nutritious meals and make sure that they get exercise and that they're sleeping okay. Um, But in the process, oftentimes we lose sight of, you know, doing those very basic things for ourselves. And and in the end, you know, making sure that you're taking care of yourself, I think, you know, makes you – uh, hopefully, a happier parent, a more well-rounded parent, and and possibly even a, a better parent.
0: Probably, yeah. I mean, you know, I think we we instinctively think, well, I would never subject my kids to bad behavior or bad food or bad experiences, and then, but we don't think about when we then go out and do it ourselves.
2: Right, and so in one in one very clear example to me. Um, on that, uh, on that, along those lines, is the idea of sleeping. So I am completely obsessed with my kids getting enough sleep, right? So they have a very specific bedtime. They have a specific bedtime routine. Uh, I even went as far as to create uh, what I call the spa room uh, in their bedroom. So making it, you know, uh, soft music and an electric candle to provide ambiance. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm going to bed with a giant... TV that you can practically see from outer space, uh, iPads, iPhones, no real bedtime, just sort of whenever I pass out kind of thing. And I mean, if you, and would you ever, I and mean, what kind of parent would ever allow their children to do that? They wouldn't, right? So why is it okay for you? It's not. And one of the easiest changes I made was uh, along the issue of sleep. And I started setting for myself the way I did for the kid, a bedtime, uh, no devices in the bedroom. And literally overnight, things changed. Like, I woke up the next morning after the very first night of doing that and was like, wow, I feel great. I feel more patient. I feel happy. And wow. it was such a simple thing that had never even occurred to me before.
0: Now, you, you started with this when your kids were very, very young and you were, you were producing all sorts of delicious organic meals. How old are they now?
2: So I have three children now. When I started the book, I had two, um, but I have three now, and um, they are Addie, who is five years old, I have Will, who is three years old, and Luke, who is almost one-year-old. So it's, um, it's it's quite a busy time, you know, and every parent understands it, that they, 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 they need you so much at this time uh, in their lives, but... It, it goes by really fast. I mean, it seems like just yesterday my daughter was born, and sure. I wanted to enjoy this time with them. I didn't want to wish it away. You know, I didn't want to just be getting from nap time to bedtime, from nap time to bedtime. I wanted to really enjoy each day, and so this experiment for me, the happiest mommy project, as I refer to it, um, you know, has really helped me in many ways do that.
0: You know, it's interesting. It, it, when your kids are teenagers, you'll find it less Easy to have these double standards, kind of, because as you were saying these things, I'm thinking, boy, I've had my my youngest one, who's 13, say to me, "What are you telling me to go to bed for? You're just sitting in there, you know, watching whatever it is, this show that I'm com- that I'm completely obsessed with, binge watching. You know, it's uh, you know, how can you do that?" Or, or she, you know, when I'm telling her to do her homework, this is one that comes up all the time, reminding her to do her homework and not wait until the very last second to do something, and she says. Well, when you're working on a book, you wait until the very last minute, well, you know, <laughs> golly. You
2: crafty, those, those kids, don't they? Well,
0: yeah, but there, there's something to that. So I guess what we have to develop then as adults is, is an ability to, to have our some a little bit of double standard radar directed at ourselves uh, in, I in agree. a
2: way. I agree. I mean, you know, what treating yourself as well as you treat your kids, which is the basic premise of the book, it doesn't take away anything from your kids. And, you know, I think that the word selfishness, especially when it comes to parenting, uh, can be, you know, it's, it's really taboo. But this is selfishness with a goal, you know, this, and the goal of being a happier parent. And therefore, hopefully, hopefully, you know, and, and you know, I won't know for a very long time, but hopefully then producing uh, children who are happy, too. You know, they do believe that a parent is a child's greatest teacher, and my ultimate goal is for my children to be happy in whatever they choose to do in life. So I don't know how they could know what that is unless I model it for them. So that's basically what I'm trying to do.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm curious about the subtitle. And I don't, mm-hmm. not not to be nitpicky about the thing, but in a way, it seems like the subtitle being Why Putting Your Kids First is the Last Thing You Should Do. It seems like in many ways, that's it's not it's not really the last thing, that we might be we might come to the conclusion that we need to take better care of ourselves by putting somebody else first. That it's that that altruistic or more selfness act that ends up getting us to say, "Wait, hold on a second. This is this is just wrong."
2: Right. Well, I I think that when parents continually put their children first at the expense of themselves, okay. that is the last thing they should do. Because if you can't take care of yourself. I don't think you can be in any position to take care of somebody else well. So when I say putting your face first is the last thing you should do, I mean that if you're doing it at the expense of your of your own sanity, health, life, you know, whatever it may be. You
0: know, it's, it's a, what I call the flight attendant school of parenting when I'm teaching my classes for, for expectant fathers and explaining to them that why you need to put your crying baby down and get out of the room rather than in, endure the kinds of thoughts that you're going to have about wanting to throw a kid out the window. Because, mm-hmm. because what the flight attendants say, you, know, you, you put your mask on first and then you help the people with you, which I don't think I ever really completely understood until having kids. That That's exactly what you said, that if you can't take care of yourself, you can't breathe, you're not going to be able to do much for anybody else.
2: Exactly. And I think that, you know, apparently in many ways, um, and I think it maybe has to do with social media or some a different differentiation in parenting styles that's evolved over time. But you know, parenting is is like it's very competitive in a way, and 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 some of that competition is like who can, you know, who can sacrifice more, you know, who's and and somehow that makes you a better parent. The more you give up of your own life, the better. Parent, you are, and I'm not sure that I buy that. And in fact, if you know we who read the book, will we'll realize actually very quickly that I don't buy that. I don't buy it at all because <laughs> you know I, I don't. I think that my children, my husband, and I, I think we're all equal members of this family. We're all people. We all have rights and feelings and dreams and wishes, and, and I'm there to to take care of my children and foster those. But I, that doesn't mean. But I don't. I don't matter anymore. I think I matter, and I think my husband matters, and I think the, the kids matter. All, we are all equals.
0: All right. So there's a chapter in here that I'm thinking. Boy, this would never appear in a in a book. A similar book written by a dad. Lose the leggings. Don't let your style take a back seat to your child's wardrobe. To, am I? Am I wrong about that? Is that more? Is that more No, mom you're thing? right.
2: You're right. That is. That's pretty mom specific.
0: That's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, I, I should. I should do laundry, and I, it, I should. Shave if it's getting a little obnoxious, but I, it just never would have occurred to me. I was just chuckling as I'm reading that whole that whole chapter, thinking, "Wow, I you know, I'm, yeah, I'm happy to go take the kids out and buy them whatever they need, but hmm, I, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I don't know. I just
2: yeah, and you know, one of the things I found is that you know I'm I'm walking on the playground here in my neighborhood where you know we spend a lot of time in the playgrounds in our apartment, and you see these these children and they're you know, they walk around looking like they just stepped out of a magazine and their mothers are running after them with snot on their shoulder and, you know, leggings they've been wearing for three days and, you know, that, that like, harried look in their eyes. And that, that, that was me, too. I mean, you know, that, and it's very... It's, it, there's, something, there's something wrong with it. It's just that it, it, it's a very... When you see it, it's very clear that something is out of balance. I think that that... that when your children, when you're putting so much focus on the, you know, their appearance, uh, again, at the expense of your own, it's not so much that the appearance itself matters, it's what it represents, it's that your life has gotten out of whack somehow.
0: Talking to Genevieve Shaw-Brown, who's the author of The Happiest Mommy You Know, Why Putting Your Kids First is the Last Thing You Should Do. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll keep talking to Genevieve. I don't recycle. I mean, we can just find another planet for your kids to live on, you know? Noted non-recycler Tommy Crenshaw talks about the future. Oh, I can totally see finding another planet that can support life when ours fills up with trash. As an alternative to recycling? Yeah, an alternative. So we, like, don't have to do it. Recycling. There are lots of planets. Finding one is just
1: a matter of time. Many people say that recycling is pretty simple and convenient. A matter of keeping select items out of the trash. A lot simpler than finding a new
0: planet, Tommy. Come on, there's a bunch of planets out there. Would you recycle on this new planet, Tommy? Or just use it up and throw it away, too? I, I really don't have a clue. Log on to yougottobekidding.org and learn about all the ways you can recycle. Unless you're into lame excuses like Tommy's. Hey, recycling's just not my thing. Starting over on a new planet? Now that's exciting. Don't be that guy, unless you want people looking at you funny. Log on to you
1: Hands can do incredible things. This is the sound of 326 hands playing Mozart. This is the sound of 10,942 hands showing appreciation. 64 hands building a house for the homeless. 142 hands swimming a triathlon. 18 hands winning the big game. And this is the sound of two hands helping to save a life. It's called Hands Only CPR, and it's recommended by the American Heart Association. If an adult suddenly collapses, call 911, then push hard and fast in the center of their chest until help arrives. It's incredibly easy and effective. Hands can do incredible things, but nothing compares to using them to help save a life. Find out more about this latest method of CPR at handsonlycpr.org. A message from the American Heart Association and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to Positive Parenting. If you're just joining us, I'm Armin Brott talking with Genevieve Shaw-Brown, the author of The Happiest Mommy You Know, Why Putting Your Kids First is the Last Thing You Should Do. I'm just talking about a a chapter that probably wouldn't have appeared in a a book by by a dad. And then the very next chapter, no, not the very next chapter, it's a couple chapters down, uh, which is one that I think should be in every book that would be written by a dad uh, and I actually have included it in a number of, of my books as well take yourself to the doctor that yeah. that is something I think that gets so left out and probably especially by dads who tend to not take terribly good not dads necessarily but men generally tend not to take terribly good care of ourselves especially when you you can sort of justify it by saying well I've got all this I have to work and I've got to do this stuff and take care of the kids and they need to go to the doctor and but you need to set an example, and you need to be healthy, Mom. Yes, or dad.
2: absolutely, and and that's where I found myself. You know, I I think I I can't remember the exact tally now, but there was, you know, it was something like, you know, kids' doctors' appointments thirty, and you know, in the course of a year, and Mom's doctors' appointments zero. Now, you know, luckily, I'm in very good health, thank goodness, um, but there have been issues that I've just ignored. One of them that I talk about in the book is this sort of chronic back problem that I've had um, since my oldest was born and just completely, you know, I've been neglecting, had been neglecting to get it checked out for the longest time. And, you know, nothing serious at all. But it's it's just a reminder that, again, when I really sat back and looked at what was going on in my life, realizing that I had been suffering with this pain for so long and not doing anything about it, and yet running to the doctor at every sign of a sniffle for the kids, it's it's that moment again when you realize things are just out of whack. You have to take care of yourself, too, and there's you don't take something away from your children by going to the doctor. In fact, you, know, you could argue that you're giving them something. You're setting a good example, as you mentioned, um, but also – being proactive about any health issues that could possibly arise that would, you know, take away from your ability to parent them.
0: And so how do you how do you do that though? I mean, cuz you do have the schedule, you do have the full-time job, you've got all these the, the people who are dependent on you and it is so easy to let your own needs, you know, and we're not even talking about things like the organic breakfast, but just your own larger needs just get ignored or put off or I'll do it next week or whatever i'll you know, combine it with a trip downtown or whatever it is
2: right it was all excuses for me and that's basically all it was um i mean if i could find the time for 30 doctor's appointments for my children certainly i could find the time for one for me and you know and to every time i just put it off it was just because just just lame excuses just you know no no real reason just always saying i don't have enough time i don't have enough time but when you when I looked at what was actually going on in my life, you know, I, I realized that I had time for a lot of other things. Um, you know, so I had to figure that out too. And it just became a priority. And once it became a priority, that was, that was it. And it, and I hope, you know, that the, I, I would never want my children to hesitate to go to the doctor if they didn't feel well, if they were having chronic pain as I was. Um, so you know, there's no way I can get away with—now Now having that realization, I can't get away with doing it myself.
0: No, you can't. And s- speaking of kind of doing things for yourself, what about this business of taking vacations without them?
2: <laughs> oh, yes. I know. I know. You know, it's funny. That's like parents in fall into two pretty— definite camps about vacationing with other kids, right? Some people are like, I would never go away without my kids. And some people are like, I would definitely go away without my kids. And I don't know where you fall, um, but I'm of the, you know, if I have the the time, the opportunity, and a person willing to watch all three of them, I'm most certainly going to go ahead <laughs> and take that vacation. Well, I feel kind <laughs> of so, guilty
0: if I ever do. I mean, know, even even I, if it's an extended business trip and I take an extra day or something to, to just hang. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, You know,
2: other I, I I think that I gave up on that because I realized that when I'm home with them, which is, you know, most of the time, I don't go away frequently, um, but when we are home, we spend so much wonderful time together. We have a lot of fun. We do a lot of interesting things together. So, you know, it's okay. And, and there are other people in their lives that love them very much, that take care of them a lot of, I Did go away, so like they my parents, for example, their aunts and uncles, um, and they get something by spending time with them too without me. So, you know, I mean, you can call it justification, maybe it is, but I know that when I do get away from them for a couple of days, I come back, I feel refreshed, I'm very, very excited to be back to see them and get back into the daily routine.
0: All right, so. There's a couple more here that I want to talk about. The exercise one, I think, is, is such, an ex- such a big one. I mean, and you should be setting an example. It's another one of these things. They're taking their cues from us, and we I probably almost every parent out there knows that kids are supposed to be getting 60 minutes a day of exercise, and they rarely do. How do you manage to get that in there, and do you try to incorporate your own exercise with theirs, or are they operating in separate universes?
2: So the time being, they're operating in separate universes. There, um, you know, I do do the occasional put the baby in the jogging stroller and go for a run, but I've also decided that running is also that sort of time that I take for myself. Um, and often, uh, I, I actually just ran the New York City Marathon in November, so I started out, you know, not exercising at all, and then built up to running a marathon. So. I did most of my training early in the mornings before they were even awake Um, on the occasions that I had to take very long runs with my wonderful husband stepped up and and made sure that they were absolutely fine without me for, you know, four hours at a time. And, again, I modeled that good behavior in such a way that my oldest daughter, Addie, now asks me to go on runs, you know, because she had seen me all these months getting up and lacing up my sneakers and going out coming back hopefully she noticed that i was in a great mood when i came back i don't know if that part that part registered quite yet but she decided that she wanted to start running too so so once in a while she'll put on her sneakers i'll put on my sneakers and we go for a short little run together and she likes to hold hands while we run so we look a little bit funny running down the street holding hands and our <laughs> matching jogging clothes but you know it's a lot of fun and, and i hope that it's something that will become, maybe not running necessarily, but physical fitness will become mm-hmm. an important part of her life because it took me a very long time to get to that place where I was comfortable to to say, you know what, this is something that I'm going to do for myself, certainly, but also to give me some time to think. You know, when you're around kids sure. all day, it, you don't even get a, a minute to clear your head. Um, so that was part of it as well.
0: Well, how do you go about, though, encouraging that if you don't if you're not lucky enough to have a kid who is interested in doing what you do at least in that regard Mm -hmm. how do you Mm -hmm. encourage them to do something whether it's with you or not
2: well for me with all all our kids i have been just signed up for you know little gymnastics classes or gym classes and swim lessons and things like that so we've always since all of their births have encouraged some level of physical activity uh all at all times so i hope that has helped um while you her current example right now so my, my daughter is, wants to sign up for some after school kids clubs next semester and you know she might, have, might she would really prefer probably her kind of thing is you know she's going to she looks like to sit around and draw all day that's what she likes to do but we told her you know, you, you have to take you, if you're going to take a you know do a little art class and you also have to take something that's more active you have to do something like tennis or swimming or, 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 you know, running or whatever. And, you know, then that's kind of how, at this point, they're young enough that we're able to still do that, to to direct their lives in that way.
0: So what's next for you?
2: Oh, what's next for me? Gosh, hopefully being able to keep living, uh, you know, this motto of treating myself as well as I treat the kids, because it was really... A kind of a life-changing experience. Uh, once my third was born, um, you know, things kind of went back into a tailspin, <laughs> and you know, we weren't sleeping and we were eating badly. Uh, and then we got it all back on track, and so right now we're in a very good place. And if I can keep it here, uh, I would be thrilled. But for me, my main goal is to enjoy this time with my kids because soon enough they're going to have their own interests and their own lives, and they're, you know, not going to necessarily look to need to be the center of their universe.
0: I've been talking with Genevieve Shaw-Brown, who's the author of The Happiest Mommy You Know, Why Putting Your Kids First is the Last Thing You Should Do. And there's another subtitle, Ditch the Playdates and Other Surprising Secrets for Saner Parenting. Genevieve, thanks so much for joining us. It was really nice to have you on.
2: Thank you for asking me to talk. I appreciate it. I'm in almost every school bus and classroom. You see me around the neighborhood,
0: and you tell me that I'm a pretty good kid. Well, I'm one out of every five children in America, and I'm struggling with hunger. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank for ways to help. Every dollar you donate helps provide eight meals for kids like me. We are Feeding America, brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council.
1: Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Hey there, welcome back
0: to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Brought. Are you one of those people who put off your holiday shopping until way after the holidays and you're already into the new year and still haven't completely finished your shopping? Well, here are some great last-minute options, let's call them, that are sure to please. Compete Hot Wheels Edition Wearable from Nobby In theory, this fitness tracker for kids is pretty similar to the one you may have on your own wrist with its step counter and a promise to make exercise less boring. But unlike most trackers for adults, this one actually keeps that promise by truly making exercise fun by letting kids set up distance goals, such as marathons, or run across the Brickland Bridge, and it also gives kids info on how much activity they'll need to do to burn off a bag of chips or a slice of pizza. That's an approach, by the way, that has been proven much more successful than simply listing calories and grams of fat. And it also provides all sorts of other incentives to get up and move. It's for ages 6 and up. Plain Nobby competes are under $40 for a pair. Barbie and Hot Wheels branded competes are under $30 for one. You can get more information at NobbyTablet.com. Curio Watch from KD Interactive. If you've got an Apple Watch, a Samsung Gear, or one of the other smartwatches out there, from Sony, Pebble, Garmin, Fitbit, and so on, there's a good chance that your kids are jealous and want one too. Unfortunately for the kids, especially little ones, smartwatches are just too expensive, until now. The new Curio watch is designed especially for kids and is so packed with features that you might be the jealous one. The watch shoots video and takes still pics, has a built-in accelerometer and some really fun games, it messages with other Android devices and has an ICE in, the, in case of emergency function. It comes in a variety of colors and, of course, even tells time. It's for ages 6 and up. It costs under 60 bucks. The SE Tablet from Nobby. Most parents these days are justifiably concerned about kids spending too much time on screens. But we also understand that there's a difference between good screens and bad ones. The new Nabi SE tablet is a good one. Of course, it comes preloaded with games and an entire education system, but there are a few features that set Nabi apart from other kids' tablets. You can configure Nabi to reward your kids for doing chores and making other good choices, and it has customizable and completely safe social networks for messaging, sharing pics, and more. No one can connect with your kids unless they have a unique friend code that you give them. It's for ages 4 to 6, cost under 80 bucks. More information at nabitablet.com. Super Wubble from NSI. If you like Wubble, and who doesn't, you'll love Super Wubble, which is made of expandium, a stronger, stretchier, and bouncier material that makes this giant ball incredibly fun. Just break out the battery-operated pump... Batteries are not included, unfortunately, and you're ready to go within minutes. All you need is a ton of energy and some wide open spaces. No, we don't recommend this for indoor use. It also comes with a patch kit, just in case you succeed in puncturing the Expandium. It's for all ages, under $30. You can get it at Wubble.com.